Pod. Here's your host, Sheila Dean. Good evening, this is Sheila Dean. I'm getting this together here for you. We have a good show tonight. And um, I just wanted to introduce a new idea or a new segment idea. And I pulled down some audio from earlier. Let's see here. This is um, regarding Narcofornia. Now, that's a documentary that was put out by the Daily Caller. And I just want to play a sample of it for you because we do a lot of coverage of the border and you know, scant enforcement or inadequate enforcement. And I think that some people's version of law enforcement is to throw money at the Border Patrol. It's not to scope policy so that the Border Patrol doesn't, has different uh, enforcement objectives. Like right now, we're, they're, they're telling the Border Patrol to enforce the border, but not enforce the border. Um, they have opened the border essentially with this obstructive policy that just allows whomever to come in. And then um, it's kind of like this passive-aggressive policy so that as many people will come in and do the low-wage jobs because I guess we didn't make as many people as native-born uh, Americans for whatever reason, and that's that's not appeasing the gods of finance because we need to have a lot of low-wage workers. And um, what that's done is bring down the the ability to have higher wages for regular Americans. But we're in this really weird time where you know the government just went whole hog and spent a ton of money. So they're trying to kind of patch this together and. and one of their strategies is just to flood the marketplace with low-wage labor and just to get it going again. That's their solution. And they didn't consult Americans before they did it. They're just kind of allowing it from the federal government, kind of like this, this tacit edict. And they've kind of done this for years, but they haven't really had a, a very... You know, they've done it from the financial sector and all these decisions are being made, you know, from behind the scenes from the financial sector without even consulting the people who live on the border and have to deal with the transients and the damage and the cartels and the crime. And then they they also are working in parity with some of these interest groups who are narco cartels and leftists. So we call them narco leftists. So to to make this a shorter speech instead of a longer one, the narco leftists are getting involved in politics. They're saying everything is, you know, if you don't let the cartels do what they want and let trafficking happen, then you're racist. That's one of the narratives. It's just one. Um, the other is that, you know, don't put our people in jail. Jail is bad. Don't enforce the law those sorts of things but it doesn't quite come across that way it's like well violent criminals should get out of jail and you know we shouldn't we shouldn't imprison anyone for breaking laws and you don't really regularly hear those types of narratives because most people want a safe place to live and they realize that when you jail a small amount of of criminal 
doers because it's most it's the majority of crime is done by a small group of people um, who have a criminal mindset um, they they are allowing this to happen so they're paying for DAs who will let it happen and so the cartels are happy the CCP is happy because they get their trafficking and their weird stuff going on and then they also have you know happy leftist but no one living in America is actually happy who lives on the border who has to deal with the cartels who has to deal with crime who has to deal with the murder you know the child trafficking etc 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 so um, I just want to tell you about this Narcofornia documentary so if you go to the Daily Caller you can find it and this is the green take that I basically pulled out of it it's like just two minutes uh, it's not that we didn't have uh, some marijuana grows but they were very few and far between as the enforcement uh, started to dwindle they rapidly increased they just came in in hordes I knew people that lived there and they just overwhelmed them they had to sell out you know to them and that was kind of their tactics I don't care what you're growing or what ethnicity you are as a agriculturist just abide by the same rules i got it's humans doing horrible things i don't exactly. care what color you are yeah, no, it, it is humans doing horrible things disrespect for the land their illegal chemicals garbage no septic out there they don't have to pull a legal permit they don't have to play by the same rules that i have to play with and we're just a quarter of a mile away when you're in a county that the population is 44,000 people well if you get 10,000 illegal growers coming into your area pretty easy to overwhelm things so that's it oh wait there's... so we're currently inside a cartel worker camp what's fascinating is that this land is owned by a retired school teacher who had no idea of organized crime groups you hear the gunshots property growing marijuana illegally and they've been pumping water because in august when law enforcement came up they had built above ground pools they had established several campsites the garbage was so deep that they'd, they'd been here a while. What, what makes this camp really great for, for these growers is it gives you a nice aerial view of any vehicle traffic or any law enforcement if they came in for a raid. Now, majority of these cartel growers are actually migrants that are forced into labor trafficking and are paying off their debts to these cartel growers. But here you can see the mattress where the grower used to sleep in their blankets and all the, all the supplies are still here. But all this trash actually gets stuck with the owner and they have to pay off the environmental fees and all the trash to get moved out of here. And the cartel girls get to make all the profits and then move on to the next location to squat and set up another grow operation for the next grow season. Some of these go on for 10 years before they're detected. Some of them are never detected. Some of them we get lucky and find the first year they're out there. They have no respect for wildlife. They have no respect for uh, humanity in many ways. They bring in toxic pesticides that aren't even legal to possess in this country that are deadly if ingested or touched. And they will shoot you. Okay, so that's the sample. I'm glad I brought it to you. Um, I put a link in the comments section so you're able to um, find that resource and get to it. All right, so let's move on to the meat and potatoes of this broadcast. Texas is in it. They are in a sanctions battle with Wall Street, ESG. So I'm going to go straight to the Axios article I pulled up. Wall Street giants have a Texas-sized problem making good on flashy vows to make clients' investments greener 
while limiting political and financial blowback from red states. Catch up fast. On Wednesday, Texas Republican Comptroller Glenn Hagar released a list of 10 companies and 348 investment funds that will be barred from doing business with the state because they boycott energy companies, like fossil fuel. The list follows enactment of a law last year prohibiting most state agencies and local governments from contracting with such firms. BlackRock, Credit Suisse, and UBS made the banned list along with sustainable investment funds from other banks. Why it matters. At stake are trillions of investments, including by state pension funds, as well as individual retirement savings, and the future of the fossil fuel industry that is fueling global warming. The intrigue? Consumers and regulatory agencies are pushing investment firms like BlackRock to take climate-related risks into account when making money management decisions. This is occurring as the impacts of global warming become more apparent and severe, such as with extreme rainfall even in this week in Dallas. At the same time, however, red state politicians have been railing against so-called woke capitalism, assailing environmental, social, and corporate governance, ESG funds in particular. What they're saying, the environmental, social, and corporate governance movement has produced an opaque and perverse system in which some, some financial companies no longer make decisions in the best interest of their shareholders or their clients, but instead use their financial clout to push a social and political agenda shrouded in secrecy, Hegar said in a statement. Yes, but the 10 companies banned from doing business with the Texas government do have considerable fossil fuel investments. BlackRock wrote a letter to Hegar in May stating it actively invests in the energy industry. The firm has or is a large shareholder in ConocoPhillips and ExxonMobil, Bloomberg. Bloomberg reported, this is not a fact-based judgment. BlackRock does not boycott fossil fuels. Investing over $100 billion in Texas energy companies on behalf of our clients proved that. BlackRock spokesman Brian Beads told Axios on Wednesday. UBS also criticized Texas action. We provided their office with extensive information on our policies and practices, demonstrating that UBS does not boycott energy companies even under a broad interpretation of Texas law, spokesperson Erica Chase told Axios, Austin Asher Price. Between the lines, though it would apply to large funds such as the teacher retirement system, the banned list is unlikely to have much of an impact on Wall Street, according to Daniel Ferger, managing director of the Great Circle Capital Advisors, a climate finance consultancy. The holdings of Texas funds covered under the ban are far lower than those from states like California and New York, which have moved aggressively to limit their fossil fuel exposure, Ferger told Axios. Context, the Texas action is not an isolated development. Last month, West Virginia barred five major financial firms, including BlackRock, J.P. Morgan Chase, from new state business after concluding they were boycotting the fossil fuel industry. Other Republican-led energy-producing states may follow suit, creating stronger headwinds for sustainable investing. The bottom line, long-term climate change is not going anywhere, and so the capital markets are going to have to deal with the fact, and at root, that I think that this is what the ESG fight is all about. Okay, so BlackRock is really the 
the actor that's heading this up. So their parlay is that Texas is an anti-competitive state as a result of the ESG blacklisting. So this is what they had to say. BlackRock has come out preventing towards Texas's determination to single it out as a hostile to fossil fuels, calling it opportunistic, anti-competitive, and bad for business, which is not true. Um, that's your opinion. But they've also done some, you know, ESG is hostile to farmers. It's hostile to the economy. You know, it's very limiting to, to you know, soil and food production all over the world. So, I mean, there's a reason to treat BlackRock's ESG like a hostile. And based on my own personal, person-to-person experience that I had... <laughs> Uh, with an ESG Dutchman as a follow-up they don't care if you die so because I met that face-to-face I can sit here and tell you they're hostile to Texans I'm a Texan and they don't, they told me they don't care if people die I'm a people so they're not getting out of that the world's largest asset supervisor was the one US firm included by Glenn Hagar, Texas comptroller, on an inventory of 10 monetary establishments that boycott fossil fuels. The teams now face attainable divestment by state pension funds. Trying to stop a U.S. company from doing business in its own backyard is bad for business, mentioned Mark McComb, the pinnacle of BlackRock's U.S. enterprise, who made a number of journeys to Texas (laughs) to foyer state officers where the checklist was being drawn up. I'll bet that was a sweaty guy who came into my store. Uh, it looks like I, like like an opportunistic uh, move in this climate. <clears throat> so I'm just going to stop there because I'm not really, you know, I have to pretend I'm interested in BlackRock's outlook. I don't care because they don't care what happens to people. They told me so to my face, which is really a bold move. <laughs> it is quite a bold move. And so Texas did move to ban BlackRock and UBS from state businesses over the oil industry, fossil fuels in particular. Look at this list of names. Let's go back here. So that's in a PDF. That's not going to go. So 348. Oh, these are all like spreadsheets. Let me see if I can get the shorter version. Named the firms. Financial companies that boycott energy. Ah, another spreadsheet. Okay, so there was a survey. The survey was triggered by a GOP-backed state law that took effect September 1 of 2021 in which it limits the Texas governments from entering into certain contracts with firms that have curbed ties with carbon-emitting companies. Texas is the nation's top producer of crude and natural gas. Now, in an economy where, I don't know, I mean, it's just, it's all over the place. It's kind of inconclusive. Some of this has been inflationary gouging, but some of this has been inflationary spending that has led to, I don't know, gas hike prices. 
they've gone way up so people are buying less gas and moving around less but they're trying to tell Texas to not produce as much oil while Biden goes to OPEC with his hat in his hand and begs so that's weird to me and for the ESG people to kind of move in on Texas like they're the bad guy and not like spend more time say going after China who's got massive flooding and huge you know poisoned rivers and you know they, they could be going after them they could be going after India as a massive polluter they're hugely poisonous um, they could also be going after some of these other places like the Saudis I wouldn't say that they're the most you know environmentally compliant nation on the planet they might be pretty good but they're producing a lot of oil you know are they gonna go after Russia Russia's producing a lot of oil so I mean I'm not really seeing or hearing the ESG backers at BlackRock and you know UBS kind of really go hard at some of these other global nation states that are producing far more dirty oil dirty fossil fuels no they want to go hard at Texas to make a statement so I think that that's unfair <laughs> that's really really unfair um, and that they should go after the states or the nation states who are dirtier so I've got Vlad up here he wants to come up and talk hi Vladdy hello how you doing oh, so, sorry I'm out here in the I'm, I'm barely going to get on my car so it's windy and there's a lot of 4 o'clock traffic uh, no what I was going to say is it's turn, it looks like it's turning out to be the wild, wild west all over again. Mm. Little by little. It might not be happening exactly now, but if, if they come in and punk you and force you and threaten you and extort you, then it's time for the Second Amendment to, to, to you know, for people to live up to that. You know? Well, I mean, we're, we're doing pretty good. I mean, yeah, they, they, no, show, but, but, they showed up in my store. They were here in Austin. Last week, but yeah, but, but, that's but look, what they no, were doing. I, I remember you told me about the DEI and everything. No, it was the no, ESG it's, people. It's these guys. Uh, this is bad. Imagine. Yeah, it's bad. At, at your store, and I'm pretty sure you're a mom and pop store, right? Well, I mean, this was definitely a local business that had been around for a long, long time. You know, they're not going anywhere, but. It was really unusual. It was an unusual experience. And as but a result they are. Of, my, uh, of my unusual experience, I, I don't work there anymore. <laughs> okay, okay. But they are considered in the state of uh, Texas to be illegal, right? Well, they're, they're, they're basically hollering at each other. They're saying anti-competitive. But that's not an adequate claim. We, we do business with everybody. It's like the shining star of what we have done in the state. I say we, meaning there's a lot of PR that's come out from the state of Texas that says, you know, we are great for business. And 
so many people have moved their businesses here from California because they can at least do business here. So I guess we're too successful. We're so successful that ESG has to come and poop on our doorstep. But the question is, what, what legal authority, what, what power do they hold by whom? Well, they have a network of um, they have a network of investors that want to yank the cord of financial credit, and that's how they're they want to put America on an ESG compliance framework. This this sounds like coming from the United Nations. Well, it's the World Economic Forum, actually. Then, then it's time to yank their cord. You know when you yank the rug out of somebody, they fall, right? So it's time to yank the cord. Actually, break, break the, very, the very floor they're, they're, they're on, they're standing on. Once there's no more floor, they won't be able to walk together. So hey, hey Bloody, I mean, I'm, I'm right there with you, but you got to get into a stable, like, stable mic space because there's a lot of wind where you are. Okay, sorry. Oh, that's better. better. That's way better. Yes, thank you. But okay. let me break in. So, and uh, North Squatch wanted to, to indicate here, BlackRock is working on shuttering uh, a Russian EFT. That's an electronic funds transfer. Oh. But, but I'm kind of wondering what that might be about. So, uh, North, if you want to come up here and discuss that for a little bit after Blotty, that would be really good. I don't know anything about that. Go ahead, Blotty. No, so basically, this, this sounds like, you know what? They got no government authority, but they're coming in the finance. Mm-hmm. Well, start, you know, target them like the like the article said, because I was reading it. Start, just start targeting them since Texas is already doing it. And let's pull the... <laughs> you went robotic and then you went out. The big and they people should not be intimidated or any type of. Yeah, yeah. N- nobody should be intimidated. No mom and pop or. Any... Hello, bloody. I got it. I mean, nobody should be cowed into this. Nobody should submit to somebody who has no government authority. We didn't elect them. They're not government actors. They're they're corporate, you know, fascist minders that were invented so that they can try to to compete with the elected legitimate government of the state and the federal government. Go ahead, buddy. Now we no, can hear and, you. And and basically, you guys are going to have to rise up, get together. Let the let the state know and kick them out of kick them out of Texas. Yeah, I mean no that's what it seems. We got a call back from one of the senators who was kind of trying to get the documents, and um, I wasn't able to to get them in today. But I'm going to continue my work with that office to see if they get any documents because they have knowledge of what's going on. I think it's. They have 90 days to work this out before it goes nuclear. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of shouting across the table right now. That's and, what it looks like. It looks pretty Teddy, bad. Where's Teddy? 
Where's Teddy Cruz in all this? I don't know, but that's where's Senator is Texas Ted Cruz? State Senators. This is Texas Senator Brian Hughes, and he he's definitely working with the Senate Commission to to get documents to to seek transparency from these these uh, ESG holders, and they are opaque. You know, it, it, the the language behind ESG is very squirrely. You know, it's very Orwellian. It means what it means until it doesn't mean that. So it's very passive aggressive. It's it's contortionist language, and it's corporatocracy. So, and it's it's feudalistic. <laughs> so every everything that they have approached Texas with has has the airs and stink of feudalism. But it's driven by um, the finance sector, which is really weird to me. Um, so, North, do you want to come up here and add any comments about the, the Russian EFT situation? Do you know anything about that? It's time that? to cut him at the knees. Cut time. Oh, I agree. So what, what do you recommend, Bloody? Time to cut him at the knees. <laughs> the table awesome. room. <laughs> Disabled them. Cutthroat. Cutthroat. Cut knee in this case. Cut knee. Not cutthroat, but cut knee. Well, I mean, they're on Time their to way. Go hardcore on these bastards. They've, they've, yeah. done, they've done more. This is pretty bold. Yeah, uh, but make sure they're list. at the roofing door. They're... Make sure what? Hey, bloody. Something, something make should sure be with all the... Where all the businesses know, where all the sure all the businesses know about them, you know, make sure okay. all the businesses are aware. That way, they're warned and they know how to deal with them, and that they can't do business with in Texas. None of these yep, groups, I mean, financial groups. That's what they're trying to do. They're trying to blacklist them, which is that's so rare. Like Texas wants to do business with everybody. They, they will do business with people that people are like, eh, I don't know if they should be here, but okay. <laughs> and, uh, you know, they're really open to, to, to business. So for them to blacklist anyone means that there's something seriously hostile and wrong. Yeah. Um, you know, there's there are lots of people who, you know, and they defend the fact that they have cleaner oil and that they comply with government regulations. They're proud of that when it comes to, to, to oil generation and what they do here in the United States. But I, I think that it is, it's now is really not the time to get, get down at, at Texas oil when we've got so much competition to get it boated over here from say the Saudis and the Saudis aren't going to pump any more oil. That's the other thing. It's like they can they can buy more expensive oil from the Saudis and OPEC. Okay, and France is going to be like, "Please, you know, please generate more oil, Biden." But then you've got this ESG hidden hand coming over here and trying to bully Texas into doing the exact opposite. So into submission, basically not producing and bowing down to the the World Economic Forum and United Nations. Yeah, it's it's Delaware. It's 
It's Delaware. Well, well, well. This, this sounds this sounds like the old west, sure. You know, everybody why carried is it a old gun. West versus... There's the reason why everybody carried a gun. <laughs> it's all, I, I, all I hear back there is yeehaw, yeehaw. <laughs> you know, and and guns going crazy. It's it's time to get wild. Uh, for survival, I mean, just, just, to, to, just to defend wild. yourself, defend your interest. We got remember we the Alamo. Up. Remember the Alamo. Right. When are you okay? coming to Texas? Exactly. <laughs> I, I I think I was already a born Texan a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, got we got to wrap it up. We got to wrap all it right, up. Right. Um, it's six forty-five. Thank you for coming by. It's been a great show. Um, this has been the Unsanctioned Citizen. I'm glad you you. Thanks for listening. Before you go, hit the subscribe button. Remember that callers are welcome. Subscribers can access Unsanctioned Citizen.